ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go! Where are we going this week? This week we are going to 1949 Vienna, Austria. Right after... That's right. Right after World War II, the war to end all wars. Let's hope. <laughs> okay, I was confused because it's a British film. It is a British film. I have written down British Lion. Was that the production company? I think so. I didn't really look too hard on my uh, like okay. the, the producers and, and whatnot. But I do have... So the name of the film, so that would be helpful. But you already know if you're listening to this. So joke's yeah. on you. Exactly. Our 11 listeners are, are eagerly awaiting yeah. our recap of The Third Man. The Third Man, directed by Carol Reed, who um, Oliver Reed is an actor. He's the nephew and Carol Reed also directed Odd Men Out, The Fallen. He was replaced on Mutiny on the Bounty, which we should add to our list. Oh. So he's uncredited because I guess they booted him off. I guess I guess there was a mutiny on the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> a mutiny, I say. And he also directed Oliver, which I always see as like reference and stuff, but I have no idea what that movie's about. Please, sir, may I have some more? Is that what it's about? I Isn't it the little street urchin? Is it? I don't know. Isn't it Dickens? Is it based on a tale of two cities? Or is oh. it just Oliver? I don't know. Man, oh, I'm going to stop my talking. Li- my librarian friends are rolling over in oh, their graves right now. Yeah. And they aren't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're um, so mad because they're like, you don't know what Oliver is. You're saying that it's Dickens. You're talking out of your ass. And then you say that we're dead. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and I love them so. David Oselznick was involved in this. He was he was one of the producers. Along with Alexander Korda. Mm-hmm. And Carol I Reed. I don't think they got along real well. Oh. Well, did he get along with anyone, it seems? Well, he was God, and he died, and then we got Trump. <laughs> okay, also in this film, Joseph Cotton stars. Well, wait, we didn't get through. Well, let's, let's not, like, rush past this. So, um, cinematography, which this film, that is <gasps> one of the hallmarks of it. Oh, so, really? People just, you got to see this film. It's really cool. It's super cool. It's one of our, my favorites that we've done. Mine I'm so too. glad we did it. I knew nothing about the film. I didn't know it was a film. <laughs> no, it existed. I had heard about it because of, uh, well, I'll get into that later. That's at the end of trivia. But cinematography is by Robert Krasker. And he won an Oscar for this film. Deservedly so. Um, it, ha- it uses a technique called Dutch Angle. Or a canted angle. So um, that is when you have a picture and think of you having like a leveler of your picture. And, you know, as we see everything in life, it's all level, but then askew it a bit. So probably a little bit less than a 45 degree angle. And it gives you this weird kind of off, like tilted, off kilter, sort of an unease 
Because you're like, yeah. why is this? What is going on? It just adds a whole bunch of suspense. The film's also in black and white. Um, as we said, it was set in Vienna, 1949. So, um, you know. By, written by? Oh, written by Graham Greene. Right. Uh, he wrote a lot of novels. He was uh, like he was very well regarded as an author. He was up for a like Nobel laureate or something. Yeah, and they were always kind of um, like like not not a typical thing. His novels were kind of they were, librarians helped me. They were atypical. I, I read that he did a lot of Catholic novels, well, which I didn't know go. what that was. So. You know, we're, we're not, we, this is about watching movies, people. I've, we're not doing a podcast about reading. <laughs> or literature, damn yeah. it. Okay. So, Joseph Cotton's in it. And when we get to trivia, we'll tell you all the other people who they wanted to play his role. But he did a really good job. Yes. And I was like, what? I know the name Joseph Cotton. Why do I know the name Joseph Cotton? Why so, do you? I, I, I don't know. I, he was in a lot of a lot of TV stuff in the '60s, so uh, um, reruns and stuff that you may have seen. Well, he was also in Citizen Kane, the Magnificent, which is on our list, the Magnificent Ambersons, which probably should be on our list. I never and, heard of it. And Gaslight, which I just thought was very topical, <laughs> just because everyone's we're all being gaslit, people. That's true. Look it up. We need to be woke. Um, it also. That, oh, go ahead. Valley somebody is the girl in it. Yeah, she went by Valley. So she was kind of doing the Madonna thing before Madonna, I guess. And the Cher thing before Before Cher. Cher. Except it was her last name because her first name was Alida or Elida. I don't know. Again, I can't read. She played Anna Schmidt. Very well. Mm -hmm. And wait for it, people. Orson Welles. Orson M.F.ing Welles. Wells. Yeah, and evidently he was an MFR on the film. Yes. And okay, also we'll get to that. one of my favorite characters, Trevor Howard. And what was part also did he in play? It. He played Callaway or Callahan, which we'll get to. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. Cuz I went through I went through my notes and I would I I would change it every time. Well, there's a reason for it and I'll get to it. So Thank you. I thought I was... No. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Because I kind of did watch this movie two times. I would like to see it again without having to take notes. I had to keep stopping it again. I had to, like with 12 Angry Men, I had to keep stopping it so I could write down stuff before... Because I didn't want to miss anything. Well, this is not indicative of the film at all. It's more a critique on me and how tired I was. Because... I was watching the movie, and when I watch these movies, I sit straight up on the couch because if I go to the side tilt or lean on my side, it's going to be lights out no matter what I'm watching. So I'm sitting ramrod straight on the couch. I've got my notebook going. The beginning of the film, because I was kind of running late, I was I was eating, so I wasn't able to, to put my notes down. Um, so I'm just, I'm like super paying attention, like making sure I remember any, everything. So then I kind of pause it, get my notes, rewrite what happened. I'm going about it. And then about 40 minutes into the film, I'm again, sitting ramrod straight. All of a sudden my eyes get so heavy 
and I do the thing where I'm just gonna rest them just a little bit and then I look up and I'm like what the hell happened what is this scene I fell asleep sitting straight up in this film oh wow and it was only 10 o'clock <laughs> well but in fairness to you uh, Aaron talked to me Friday night and, and asked how the film was and I had completely forgotten to do my homework <laughs> So uh, she didn't have as much time to, to view the film as usual. Yeah, so I had to, I had to shut it down, and I was like, I can't, I can't continue this. I just have to go to sleep. So then the next morning, I started watching it, but then again, I had to feed myself, and so I couldn't take notes. And so then I was just like, I'm just gonna watch it, and I got, I just got really into it, and then I went back and kind of like pieced in the notes and like fast forward and like made my notes. So I pretty much know this film. Oh, excellent. Well done. All right, let's 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 get into this cuz this let's is fun. Let's get into it. It is Vienna and uh, it starts with a voiceover. Now this voiceover when they made the the movie there cuz there was a British distribution and an American distribution. And so there are slight changes between the films. I assume we are watching the American one. But needless All right, that's not important. <laughs> Well, it's only important because one of them cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I think that we saw the American one that cut out a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. And I want to see the other one, too. Because we see the voiceover, and it's basically... It starts with the, the, the kind of voiceover of... What was it also? What was that movie that we watched? Yeah, we had a voiceover in it. And it was very much like, ah, here you go. Because here you go. And it's very uh, conversational. And it's like, this is 1949 Vienna. And it kind of gives you like the backdrop of what's going on and how um, the city is, there's rubble everywhere. And it's yeah. like, it, does, it looks a lot like most European cities after the war. So, And I got a touch confused because I didn't know Vienna was divided into four zones. Yeah. So I, Vienna at was, that point, I was thinking... Are we in Berlin? Nope. It, Vienna was also divided into four zones. You had the American zone, the British zone, the French zone, and the Russian zone. And yeah, then in the know. center of the city, that was considered the international zone. And it was sort of looked over by a representative from each of the four other zones. Which was kind of a mess because they didn't speak each other's languages and... Um, Anyway, yeah. so the black market was big yeah. in this area, and, and he, that's a that's a huge part of the third man. Everything, because everything was so scarce, so people were, were black itemy, black itemy, black marketing shoes, um, sugar, every anything that you could think of that you just take for granted right now, it was on the black market because it was so scarce. Right. Speaking of black, the the people of color count is. There's none. Zero. There is, the there is zilch in this. Okay, so we start Not out a with... Schwartz among us. Among them. Because <laughs> Schwartz is black in German. Laugh a little louder. That was a silent laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I listen back, I do realize sometimes I don't laugh um, where you can hear me and, and there might be pauses... But I'm laughing at Aaron's one line. Okay. Doing, yeah, so, but then you just, I don't hear anything. And I'm like, oh, man, that joke died. <laughs> that tanked. <laughs> okay, so is it Joseph Cotton? Is he the one who's doing the voiceover? 
I do believe that it is Joseph Cotton, although he refers it, it. The voiceover is really weird because at first I thought it was Orson Welles, but it's it's not like a character from a film because there is no first person. The voiceover is entirely in third person, I do believe, because it sort of sets up. All right. Sets up the city and then it goes like, oh, then there's this guy, Holly. It's a guy named Holly Martin. So I gave Holly First, I went, oh, it's Polly. And then, no, it's Holly. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt and spelled it H-A-U-L-E-Y to try to make it masculine. Then I'm reading the credits. It's Holly. Yeah, H-O-L-L-Y. It's straight up Holly. A man named Holly. A boy named Sue. Anyway, so Holly is coming to Vienna because this dude, Harry Lime, has offered him a job. Yeah. And Harry Lime and Holly go back 20 years, and Holly is a writer. He writes these Western sort of pulp novels, and he's broke. And his buddy, Harry Lime, is kind of doing okay in post-war Vienna, and was like, why don't you come out? I can lend you some money. You know, you can stay with me. You know, check out the Viennese. And so Holly... He has, he's got no money, so he takes up the offer. And he, when we see him, he's getting off the train station. He's presenting his passport to the MP. They're asking him, who are you seeing? He's like, I'm here to visit my friend. Gives him the address. And then he's like, I'm a little concerned because I kind of thought my friend would be here to greet me at the train station, but he doesn't appear to be here. Yeah, so he gets uh, directions to go to where Harry Lyme lives, correct? Right. So he goes to... He to Go ahead. He shows up at Harry Lime's place and and he's knocking on the door and somebody tells him he's 10 minutes too late. Yeah, so there's this porter and he's speaking in German to him and he's saying, um, you know, you're, you just missed him. You're 10 minutes too late. And Holly, typical American, he's like, I don't speak any German. <laughs> like, get out of here with that. You speak English? <laughs> and... So the guy's like, oh, very little, but um, you just missed them. Um, the coffin and all your friends, they left. And he's like, the coffin? What the hell? And he's like, oh, your friend is dead. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Right there at the beginning of the film. Yeah. So So he goes to the funeral. Yeah, goes which to the is cemetery. <laughs> For any of you who are interested in what it was like for us to live in Germany, watch this film and see what it feels like to not have a clue what they're talking about. But you can only but you just pick up certain you can just pick up certain words and phrases and you're just and it's always the bad ones where you're like, that's not good. <laughs> Kaput, not good. Polizei, not good. <laughs> Next not good. Not good. Okay, so anyway, he goes to the the funeral, and here it's all in German, and he, he's going, yeah, I don't have a clue, but he's looking around. There's a woman there. There's a Brit in a leather coat, which is never a good thing. Oh, he and he is, po the Brit in the leather coat has a pencil mustache and is like, he's not, not just any leather coat. It's like a leather pea coat that's like tied up, and he's just posted up on a... Uh, what are they called? Like a tombstone. And he, yeah. he's just like, he's just, he's not in the procession. He's just like posted up watching it. And Holly goes up and is like, uh, you speak English? And he's like, yeah. 
who is this? Who, wh- who is this for? And he's like, a fella by the name of Harry Lime. And Holly's like, hot damn it. That's my fella. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. So, of course, there's only one woman there. And she's beautiful. She is beautiful. In an understated way. In a post-war Vienna kind of way. <laughs> exactly. And so the, the Brit offers Joseph Cotton, who turns out to be Holly Martins, mm-hmm. uh, it offers him a lift. Where, where, did, where, where was he taking it? Oh, to, no, not yet. Um, anyway, so they're riding in the car and they pass the woman walking. And so um, the Brit is named Callaway. Mm-hmm. His name's his real name is Callaway. Callaway. And um, so Martin says he needs a drink. So Callaway and Martins go to get a drink. Callaway is a British policeman. And Martins is Martins Holly Martins is quizzing him on how. Harry Lyme died. Yeah, because he... So, Calloway isn't just a policeman. He is the head British official in this international city that we spoke of earlier. So, he's the top policeman in the, the international inner city. Exactly. So, he's explaining to uh, Holly that Harry was the worst racketeer I've ever seen. But he's a smuggler. And murder was just part of his racket. Yep. So Holly gets drunk, mm-hmm. um, and they meet a sergeant, right? Yeah, there's an Irish sergeant, and he um, he like punches he punches Holly. So Holly kind of gets drunk and gets belligerent, and he wants to know who he 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 suspects because they say that that Harry died when a car hit him. He was killed by a car, a car, uh, yeah. It was a, a motor a motor vehicle hit him on the street, and that's how he died. Correct. Correct. And uh, Holly's not buying it because he's like, "Oh, you're telling me he was into this stuff, but I think like maybe my friend was murdered. I don't know. I want to know more about it." And he's drunk at this point and gets kind of belligerent. And Callaway is basically telling him, "Look, I'm sorry that your friends died, but you should just like get out of here. There's nothing for you here." And there's like a, a funny kind of physical comedy scene where Calloway kind of like stands up and the Irish guy who the Irish sergeant, he he knows who Holly Martin is because he read he's a fan of his books. He's read right. his books. And so he was kind of chatting him up as being like, I'm actually like a fan. I've read your books and stuff. And then Holly gets belligerent and kind of stands up. And when he stands up, he kind of stands into a punch that the Irish guy punches him and he didn't like you could tell the Irish guy didn't want to beat him up, but Holly was just kind of asking for it. So he like punches him in the mouth to kind of make him like settle down. Because he's looking out for um, uh, uh, Callaway. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause yeah. Cause Hollywood ha- Callaway's ca- Callaway is kind of, if you don't know him and you come at him the wrong way, you definitely want to punch Callaway. He's very British in that sort of sarcastic, snide way. Yeah. And Holly, especially when he's drunk, doesn't take too kindly to that. And so the Irish guy kind of punches him in the face because Holly was about to, like, punch uh, Calloway. So they take him back to the hotel. 
Well, they they take him to uh, the military hotel. Yeah, the military because hotel. Because he can't stay with Harry Lime anymore. Yeah, well, Harry Lime's dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they get him a room at the military hotel. They're going to get him a ticket out the next day, get out of Dodge. At the military hotel, he meets this guy named Craven. Yes. And Craven is with the CRS, the Cultural Reeducation Section and um, they do cultural things each week. They have a cultural club. Culture club. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says it's mostly propaganda. Right. And they have a show each week. It's on Wednesday night. And this week they're going to be doing contemporary novels. And we'd love to have you be our guest. Because he, he, he's like, oh, who's this guy? And they tell him, like, oh, he's an American. He's an author. And he's like, oh, an author? He, this guy, Craven, doesn't know anything about the works that, that Holly has done. He just hears he's an author, and it would suit his purposes. Right, because he's probably in charge of getting the next week's presenter. Right. So he goes, I was going to stay with Harry, and... um the telephone rings and it's for Holly and on the phone it just says I was a friend of Harry Lime meet at the Mozart cafe and Holly goes how am I going to know you I'll carry one of your books oh yeah um I have written gunning for major Callahan well so um the guy going back to Craven real quick again holly doesn't have any money and his friend's dead so he basically has to leave until this guy craven he he offers him the lecture holly doesn't want to do it but then he says if you do it i'll pay for your stay i'll put you up so then Uh, he changes his tune and he's like oh that will give me a little extra time to do a little bit of investigative work about how my friend really died then we get the phone call says i was a friend of harry lime meet me at this place blah 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 uh and how am i going to know you i'm going to hold up one of your books Mm -hmm. so he goes there so uh, oh wait um, wait wait, time out time out so the whole thing about callahan and calloway is it's an insult he holly is trying to be insulting to Calloway because so he does Calloway, that on purpose? Yes. Calloway is a British name and he calls him Callahan and it it irks Calloway because he's not Irish. Got it. Because he says okay. it at one point he calls him Callahan and he's like old chap, I'm British. It's Calloway. And then he See, just keeps doing it. Something happened when that was that going on because I I I heard it, but maybe Poppy was talking to me or something. Because in my notes, sometimes it's Callahan, sometimes it's Callaway. Yeah, because Holly always refers to him as Callahan. Okay, so so Holly is pretty much the ugly American. Oh yeah, he just—I mean, he just came up there just with elbows out, just being loud, and he's just like—he didn't like the cut of Callaway's jib, so he just started insulting him. As like that, that's the highest insult he could do would be like, you know what? You're not even a Callaway. You're a Callahan. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the Mozart Cafe and there is this guy there who orders Zweimal coffee. Because I knew what that meant. Two more coffees. And um, 
And so every uh, so he's telling Harry, everybody in Vienna has a racket. And he's and sitting there. Is that the guy that's sitting there with the puppy? With the dog. Yeah, yeah. he's holding a dog. He, we don't know his name yet. He, yeah, but there's something just very creepy about him and the way he's Very talking. creepy. Very creepy. But Holly asks, and Holly and Harry, really? Do we have to have such similar names? Yes, because later in the movie it makes sense. But it was very confusing at first. So Holly's going, will you help me? And the guy's going, I'm an Austrian. Um, I, I can't help you a lot because I can get in a lot of trouble, but I can give you some advice. Um, and so then he goes and shows him how the truck killed Harry. So they go back to the place where the accident happened mm. and kind of reenact it. And there's a woman washing windows and the, uh, the porter of the hotel is sweeping the sidewalk, but they are very much watching and listening to everything that's happening. You also have to keep in mind, these porters and the woman washing the window, they've been through some shit. They've been through some shit. And, and, and this area is full of black marketness and full of... Uh, Foreigners anybody, to them. Anybody can come in at any time and take them off to the Huskow. Yeah. So, Okay. Um, but the guy did tell Harry, Holly, Harry was very anxious that I should look after you. And Harry goes, but you said he died instantly. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was before the ambulance got there. Mm -hmm. So so right now, you know, it, it sounds like Donald saying, yeah, I did. No, I didn't. And somebody else did it. It's, it, you know, the story is not making sense. Yeah, it's it's your classic like Dateline the husband is changing his story after he says that he thought his <laughs> wife was an intruder and shot her. Yeah. Point blank. 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Harry goes, so there was you and a Romanian who pulled Harry off of the, <laughs> pulled, peeled, pulled him peeled off, him the, off sidewalk. The, the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk to the Romanian. Oh, Oh, he's left Vienna. Right. Okay. So Harry goes over to the porter uh, and says, um, who used to visit Mr. Lime? And at that point, the lady who's washing the windows calls the porter inside. You know, we're not answering any questions. Hey, because hey, hey. Snitches get stitches. That's right, people. So then Harry asks, who was the girl at the funeral? And uh, the guy goes, it will only cause her pain to speak to her. And Harry's saying, uh, Holly, all this time it's Holly, though I'm saying Harry. Holly um, says, well, she'd probably want to help. At this point, we find out that the dude is a baron. Oh, the dude, okay. Yeah, the dude who is helping him right now. And, and he goes. Boy. Well, I, I, I have, he, he says, I live in the Russian sector. Oh, so he lives in the Russian section. But I had that he lived in the Austrian section. Well, there is no Austrian section, though. Oh, I am Austrian. He's Austrian. But I live in the Russian section. Yeah. So so you can't come to where I live, but you can find me at the club every night. You can find me at the club. <laughs> Hanging at the club. And Harry goes, well, tell me the name of the girl. And the Baron goes, you'd be better off to think of yourself. 
Um, so uh, some uh, did the Baron say I must take you to the bus or the airport? Somebody oh, said I, I got to take my, you to the bus or the airport. I think my eyelids were getting heavy at this point. My notes are very sparse for this part. Um, and Harry goes, I'm staying. And he had heard that the woman was an actress. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the theater looking for her. Yes. And, and he sees her backstage and he says, I, I was a friend of Harry Lyme. And she goes, after. Yeah, because she's he he like kind of is a creep in that he goes backstage during the play like the show's still going on. She's off off stage doing like a costume change or something. And he's just like, I was a friend of Harry Lyme. And she's like, she's doing her job right now. You come up right. in my workplace and she's just like after man, come on. I got to be yeah, a character. I, I'm, I got a job. I'm in the middle of yeah, a play, dude. I'm working here. I can't just stop what I'm do. Drop everything for you, Mr. American. So the play is a comedy and it's all in German and it's a, um, it's a period piece. At which point we should say that all of the German in this film, nothing is subtitled. So you feel just like Holly in that you have no idea what people are saying. Which is really good. It really adds mm-hmm. to the um, the intrigue and the and you just sometimes don't have a clue what's going on. Which is how I lived three three years. Um, so <laughs> Harry goes that. backstage afterwards and says, "You were awfully good." Oh, Harry and, is smitten. <laughs> and she goes, "You understand German?" And he goes, "No." Um, and so Harry, dang, Holly. Holly says, did you know Harry Long? Uh, you were in love with him. And she said, I want to be dead, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, She's sad. <laughs> cut you to the bone. So Holly says, <laughs> see, I have I always have trouble, as you know, from listening. Who said what? So this time I was so proud of myself because I put H here every time Holly spoke. But the H... I'm saying on this podcast, Harry. So I totally apologize. Yeah. Um, so Holly says, Baron Kurtz uh, with the little dog told, he brought me money before Harry died and said he'd been anxious. No, that was, that was Schmidt who said that. Anna said that. So, um, I guess she said, how did you know, how did you find me? And he said, Baron Kurtz with that little dog. Mm -hmm. And then Anna Schmidt says, Dr. Dr. Venkel told me he wasn't in much pain. He, uh, the doctor passed just after it happened. He was, uh, he was Harry's own driver who hit him. She's speaking a little bit broken English, but at least it's English. We know what it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so was it really an accident? Yeah, that's and the big thing of the scene is that the woman that he goes to see says, "Was it really an accident how Harry died?" And that was all Holly needed to be to some sort of his, confirmation from his suspicion of like, I think my friend exactly. was murdered. 
because his own driver hit him. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's making sense. They're saying like, oh, he and his, before he died, he was able to say something. And then other people are saying like, oh, no, he died instantly. And it's just like, wait, what's going on here? And, and he had no pain. He's been hit by a truck, but he had no pain. But he was able to say, look after Harry, uh, Holly for me. Yeah. But he's, he was able, he just died right away because he, yeah. So uh, nothing's adding up. So Holly goes to talk to, I call him the sweeping man, but it was the porter. Yeah. And, uh, great head of hair. Great head of hair on the porter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there aren't a lot of bald. German people. Think huh. about it. Anyway, uh, then they heard, he said he heard breaks and a girl walking through the room. I don't know what that was. But the porter said he was quite dead. So Holly said, why, why didn't you say, say this at the inquest? And, um, then the porter was saying three men carried him. Uh, another came after the telephone ring. She ans- uh, Oh, and then the telephone ring. She answers it. There's nobody there. And um, so they're up in Harry's apartment at this point. And a ball bounces into the room. And there's a little boy, a little bad little boy. No, this is a fat cheeked, little sausage <laughs> legs. Yeah, you can tell he's a bad little boy. And he's watching everything that's happening. And um, so the porter tells Anna, you must not bring this gentleman here again. So I wrote here German versus English because Holly didn't understand any German and Anna had to be the interpreter. And so it was okay. But what we learned from this is that there was... He says, we already know about Kurtz. We already know about the Romanian. But this Porter guy says there was a third Third man. man. But he didn't see his face. So now Holly's like, who the fuck was this third man? Yeah. And the Porter says, Frau Schmidt, you shouldn't get mixed up in this. So then they go to Frau Schmidt's apartment and the the landlady is they aren't they're just in the street and the landlady is saying the poet's eye is there. Oh yeah, the landlady is like this landlady, she I I'm not real good with German, but I can I just have a feeling that perhaps maybe the landlady was a Nazi sympathizer and is none too happy about all these foreigners coming on into like just doing whatever they want tossing people's tossing good uh, uh, Austrian citizens their stuff just doing whatever they please all willy-nilly she just and does the, not seem the, impressed by anyone and the the poets I that appear to be doing it are the Russians yeah so she does not stop yapping the whole time oh she is just she's unhappy and you know what in, in the German language, it is very much suited for unhappiness. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I don't know what she's saying, but it's some sick burns. So she goes up to her apartment and Callaway asks for her papers. Where are your papers? Except Callaway's British, so I apologize. <laughs> but that's, that's what it was supposed to sound like. 
Um, and so he's looking at him, looking at him, and she looks. She's she's an actress, so she's trying not to look worried. But, but she worried. is. She just pooped her pants a little. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't drop a load. Just no, a little. Just a, a little before she could close her sphincter. Just a little came out. <laughs> a little anal and then he says, how much did you pay for these papers? Because he can tell. Oh. Callaway's just like, this shit's fake. And they're very good. But it's but fake. it's fake. So he says to the sergeant, write her a receipt for her papers and the letters. And she's like, no, don't take my letters. What do you want from them? They are, they are merely love letters. There's nothing of value in them. And he goes, we're taking the letters. And Holly says to him, aren't you interested that it was a murder? Yeah. There was a third man there. And Callaway says, you'll have to come with us, Miss Schmitz. Um, and Holly goes to her, was there anything really wrong with your papers? And she says, yeah, I'm Czechoslovakia. <laughs> oh, and the landlady is still bitching. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> She's hocking up big ones. And Holly goes, I'm going to figure this out. So now they're at police headquarters. The Russian has her papers. So uh, she's there. She's detained. Holly goes to see Dr. Venkel. Oh, which Holly says, I'm here to see Dr. Winkle. And he's <laughs> like, it's Venkel, bitch. Could he be more American? Oh, yeah. He is as bad as your brother was. <laughs> um, he goes, I'm a friend of Harry Lyme. Oh, guten Abend. Uh, Dr. Winkle goes, dog looked like going to play. Oh, because so, they're talking and then this little dog comes out. And I'm like, isn't that the same little dog that Me Kurtz too. Yeah, Kurtz was petting the whole yeah. time. Uh, and the doctor goes, you got to hurry, get to the point, because I've got guests. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a busy man. I'm a doctor. So um, he goes, uh, he was run over by a car. He was dead when I got there. There were two friends. My opinion is there is limited to cause. My opinion is limited to the cause of his death. Well, so basically, but um, Holly was like, well... In your, uh, I guess, forensic opinion, could could he have been pushed? And the doctor's like, he got hit by a car. It doesn't matter if he got pushed or not. Like, I'm not going to be able to tell. Sure, maybe he got pushed. How am I going to know? I cannot give an opinion. Let me get back to my guess. Yeah. And now they're saying car, but before they had said truck. truck. Like, what, what? Nobody can keep their story straight. Nobody. Nobody. Back at headquarters, the Russian asked Calloway to keep Schmidt's passport. She can have the letters back. Mm. And because so, remember, um, keep in mind, this is the center of the city. So the head Russian guy, Calloway is the head British guy. They all, uh, no one is above anyone. They all have to work together. Which doesn't work out well. Because there's politics involved then. It's like, hey, we're British. We kind of want this guy. So you guys have to go along with it. And the Russians are like, hey, we're Russian. We want to kind of do our thing with this. So you guys got to have to go along with it. Because we went along with it on the, your bullshit that you wanted to do. You know, politics. And, and Callaway seems more um, 
easygoing, not quite Mr. Stickler to the rules, but the Russians are having none of it. No, the Russians are being Russian. (laughs) So Calway says, Miss Schmidt, you were intimate with Lime. Well, that was, she said we were in love. Um, So then Calway shows her a picture. Have you seen this man? She's never seen him. It's stupid to lie to me, you know, like we hear in every police interrogation. Mm. In a letter, he told you to help a friend. Uh, I wrote down Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. Joseph gave you the number to the Casanova Club. Lime used to go to there. Go there. He worked there in the military hospital. And the Joseph is Joseph Halbend. Oh, Harbin. Okay. Um, he disappeared the day you phoned. You can help us find him. So now we have somebody who disappeared who worked at the military hospital Mm. that she was supposed to get in touch with. Interesting. The plot thickens. And she tells him, you've got everything upside down. You're living in the upside down. Mm. And uh, Callaway goes, that American can't help you. So now Holly's at the club. At Casanova, right? Yeah, the Casanova Club, mm-hmm. which is, it's a club. Whoa. And he meets Craven there. Craven is the guy who had wanted him to come and talk to his little um, culture club. Yes. And so he starts talking about Wednesday's lecture. It's tomorrow. And, uh, and, and Holly had forgotten about it pretty much. Oh so they ordered. That's right. So, uh, a person is playing the violin and they're over at a, he's over at a table playing the violin, playing the violin. He gets closer and closer and it turns out who was playing the violin, Eric? <gasps> it's the guy. I forgot his name. Baron Kurtz. It's Baron Kurtz. How, why is a Baron playing? I guess times are tough. Times are tough. Times which are is tough, tough in Vienna. He was embarrassed to be seen actually doing that because a Baron shouldn't have to. Yeah do anything i mean a baron um, is a mere musician yeah and so um he goes how goes the investigation and uh, then he says the romanian is here tonight <gasps> the romanian the romanian who had left town he's here he's here the romanian's name is Pupes. Pesco, I think. Pesco. Yeah. Pesco. Not poop. Pesco. Poopy. Poopy Pesco. <laughs> I want to call him Putinesca. Putinesca. But, um, so I helped. So Pupesco helped Harry with his papers. So he also gave Frau Schmidt the false papers. Right. Uh, and he's going, the Romanian said, I was, I saw him across the street. I was. I was going toward him. He stepped off the sidewalk and the truck. Boom. Just boom. Came out boom. of nowhere. Just boom. Just hit him. And now we're back to a truck, not a car. Mm-hmm. So Holly goes, who was the third man? Man. Uh, the th- a third man helped you and Kurtz carry the body. Well, he goes, who told you that? He remembers wrong. And Holly's going, somebody's lying. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish Holly had just taken the glass and just smashed it and be like, sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so Joseph Halbend, do you know him? No. 
Um, so now I have a P for Popesco. Popesco. I'm not going to get that name right. I'm just going to say P, and Erin's going to fill in Popesco. Popesco goes, that's a nice girl. She should go careful. Everybody ought to go careful, careful in, in a, a city, city like, like this. this. Um, Popesco's on the phone. Meet us at the bridge. Yeah. So at the bridge, there is Dr. Vinkel. Vinkel. Popesco. Popesco. Baron Kurtz. And, and a fourth man. What the fuck? A fourth man? A fourth man. Now, the first time that I watched this, this was this was when my eyelids started getting very heavy. And I thought that I thought that it was Holly that was meeting at the bridge. And I'm like, oh, in my notes, I'm like, oh, Holly meets him at the bridge. And then there's just like the, a line of just it slowly goes down the paper where I fell asleep. But it, <laughs> so it wasn't Holly. <laughs> it's was upon second viewing. I'm like, oh, snap, that wasn't Holly. I'm like, who is this fourth man? They never show you who it was. Yeah, because the shot is very far above, distant, distant, above, and so you're looking down. What is that shot called, Aaron? It's called a very far above looking down. Looking down shot. It's called the the looking down, the long shot looking down (laughs) shot. Is the long shot looking down shot. That is its technical name, yes. Which was perfected by Carol. See, uh, Holly has a girl's name and the director has a girl's yeah, name. Yeah, what's Carol. going on here, people? Uh, uh, okay, so the porter uh, calls down to Holly. So the porter's upstairs. Holly's on the street. Is it so very important to you? You know, it's like, yeah. let it go, dude. The, the porter's just doing his porterly things. And he's there he goes, sees this tall American guy again, like just looking at this street. And the porter calls down. It's like, it, it, really, buddy, you can't let it go. Is it really that important to you? And Holly's like, yes, I'm yes, American. Yes. Something so is official here. I have something to tell you. Yeah, come around my place later tonight. My wife goes out because, see, his wife was the one that didn't want him snitching. His wife exactly. knew that he had loose lips. She couldn't tell him anything because they would get out in them streets. So he was like, my wife goes out at night. Come back. Come back through. So we all know what's going to happen. Mm. Oh, and oh. then as soon as he... But then, Ma, remember, as soon as he... He he says that the the camera's looking at him. It's the from the street point of view, and then it cuts to inside the apartment point of view. Like the camera's looking at him at the porter. <gasps> yes, the yes, porter yes, yes, turns yes. around, and he has this look of like obviously somebody has entered the room, and he's surprised, but he's not scared. But he's like surprised. He it. it it's a remarkable look on this man's face because obviously something, someone has entered this room, but he's not terrified, but he's just like really surprised. I wrote down startled. Startled, startled. yes. Yes. Cut to Schmidt. Anna Schmidt. Holly comes in to tell her about the porter and she's cleaning up the mess that the police made when they searched her apartment. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's a script there because she has a new script. She's trying to learn her lines. 
exactly. So um, he says, can I help you? <laughs> Wait, I was just like, you don't know any. How are you going to help her? And sure enough. He, he, he tries to phon- phonetically say the German lines. It was so funny. Because when you're an actress trying to learn your lines, you want some mofo trying to phonetically <laughs> say them. Because that's going to help you get in character. Good. 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 Where? Uh, a bend. A bend. Uh, a bend. Woe. Is. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she goes, that's not going to work. And he goes, are you having a bad day? She says, it's always bad at this time because this is the time that Harry used to come and see me. Mm-hmm. So she says, tell me about him when he was younger. Because he fixed my papers for me. He just never grew up. The world grew up around him. So Holly goes, ah, oh, this is depressing. Come out and have a drink with me. Yeah, come out and have a drink, and then we'll go swing by the porter's place. See what he has to say. Oh, she goes, oh, Harry. See, so she calls him Harry, which is just like me. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'm Holly. But And she goes, that. That's really a, a stupid name. Yeah, she she throws some shade then. I was like, about yeah. time someone called oh, him out of his dumbass name. So now there are a bunch of people outside Harry's place. No, yeah, yeah, I, because the porter lives there. Harry, Holly's place though. Holly lives where the porter lives. No, they're going to see the porter. They're going to see the porter, and there's a whole bunch of place outside. Where the porter that's lives, right. um, which is uh, that's also right. so where I Harry wrote down died. Yeah. In my notes. And uh, all of you foresaw this one. The porter's dead. Kaput. The porter kaput. Kaput. Das ist nicht sehr gut. Nicht sehr gut. So there's that pudgy kid again with the sausage legs. And he's kicking that ball. And everybody's talking and talking. And the little kid starts yelling. And... um. You don't know what he's yelling. But we know it's not good. Yeah, so the kid's running after him, and they scurry away, and it's obvious the kid was saying that Holly is the one who killed the porter. Yeah, it, uh, basically the kid's like, he was there, he's a murderer. I think he was like saying, literally calling him a murderer and pointing at him. Yeah. <laughs> And enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. If you if you didn't if you hadn't seen the movie and you just came in on that scene and saw the little kid pointing at him, you would think he was like saying like he was his father or something. Like the kid the, does he know what murderer means? How has the kid pieced this all together? It it was pretty remarkable because that kid was what, five years old? Yeah. And he remembers that he saw that guy there, but he didn't see him murder him. He just saw him up at his apartment. Right. I I thought that he would grow up to be a brown shirt, only there weren't brown shirts anymore. What are brown shirts? Well, they were the youth, the Hitler youth. Oh, no. He was... He would have been a perfect candidate. I mean, he, he he could be leading the revival right now. We don't <laughs> yeah, know. He could, be. he could be in Charlottesville at this moment. So Holly and Schmidt go into a movie theater. Yes. And Holly tells her, go out the other exit, go to your theater, and I can't see you anymore. 
So back and, at his hotel, he asks. Uh, well, for, well, Anna says, "Do the reasonable thing and go see Callaway." Right. So he uh, at the hotel he asks for Callaway, and uh, a car comes, and it, there's an exchange where he thinks the car is there to take him to headquarters but the he gets in the car and it's like he's being kidnapped because mm-hmm. the car just takes off because the guy who had the car he was already talking to the hotel person uh holly walks in and he's like oh and they they, they kind of say something and he before you know typical american before the the hotel guy can kind of like obviously he has something to say to holly but holly's like oh oh um blah 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 american american and then it, he didn't get an answer he liked and he was like is there a car i need a car and he's like oh yeah actually there's one here waiting for you sir and so he's like he doesn't even think about it he just gets in and then the guy takes off like a shot and he's got, like they're going through the the uh streets the deserted streets of vienna and then they stop. Like bat out of hell. Yeah. And they stop somewhere, and I was sure they were taking him to the Russians. Oh. But they get out, and it's the literary meeting mm-hmm. where he was supposed to be the speaker. He had totally forgotten about it. So he's quite relieved. Except he sucks at giving a lecture. Yeah. He's really a bit preoccupied bad. because he's uh, he's kind of wanted for murder. <laughs> and and they're asking him true literary questions. Yeah. <laughs> he can't answer them because he, he writes two-bit westerns. He, he would know the whole Oliver Dickens thing. But uh, the people in the audience yeah, would. they he would. Wouldn't. So the Romanian is on the phone and um, bring the car and anyone else who wants to come. Popesco. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Putinesca. And they all show up at the literary meeting. And he then he decides, Holly decides to talk about his new book he's writing. Well, because Popesca doesn't, Popesca kind of asks him a question and he sees that it's Popesca, Popesco or whatever his name is. And he says, uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, uh, I'm writing a new book. Um, it's uh, about the third man. It's based on fact. Mm-hmm. And then Popesca's like, mm, it's kind of dangerous to mix fact with fiction. So they banter back and forth, back and forth. Um, Popesco's talking to two men who follow Holly. He goes up the steps into his apartment. So, so Popesco's got his, his goons waiting for Holly after this whole lecture. Because they're, they're gentlemen, so they're not going to... They're not gonna uh, like rust about this guy in the middle of his lecture they're gonna wait for it and then they're gonna take him in the lobby and holly sees it and he hightails it upstairs and and he goes out a window and he's still chased by and a parrot bites him oh yeah (laughs) yeah he hears this noise he turns on the light it's a it's actually not a parrot but he keeps calling it a parrot a cockatoo or something oh he's american bites him on the finger and he goes to Callaway at that point. Yes. Um, and so Callaway says to his underlings, get me the hairy lime file and get Mr. Martin's a large whiskey. So evidently this is what was going on. Well, wait a second. He also has a great line because there's something about like get him a large whiskey. And he's like, well, no, come on. But like Holly loves to drink. 
he's a bit of a lush and he's like you're gonna need it after this and there's some sort of line that goes back and forth and stuff and basically Calloway just says you were born to be murdered so why don't you shut up and listen to what I have to say <laughs> okay so they were they were taking penicillin and they were diluting it they were, they were stealing it, it, it was from being the military stole- hospital right and that's where that howbend comes in because he worked at the hospital. So he'd steal the penicillin. They dilute it. And then because there were very little drugs at the time. So the lucky ones died, but the unlucky ones went crazy. So they were given this diluted penicillin to children as well as adults. And um, there's and then there there's no speaking, but it's like a slideshow of evidence for Holly to see how bad Harry had been. It's basically what we call a montage. (laughs) Not a slideshow? No, we call it a (laughs) montage. Thank you. Um, So the the Halbend would get the stuff. He'd give it to Kurtz and Lime. And so then there's going, Halbend disappeared a week ago. So I have a question. They're taking the penicillin, they're diluting it, and they're giving it to people. So does that mean that they're basically like the kids are just getting mold? Like they've diluted the penicillin so that they've taken like the mold and it's it doesn't have its the moldy strength that is like, oh, it's penicillin. And so when you dilute the penicillin, it like makes things worse. I guess what it is, this is just a guess because um, my, my medical knowledge is as strong as my literary knowledge (laughs) but i'm assuming that the doctors and nurses were giving the penicillin assuming that was going to cure them well they didn't know that it was diluted they just thought they got their hands on penicillin So, so then they didn't try to give them other things to help them so that their infections would just grow and grow and grow and um, some of them went crazy because probably the infection went to their brains. Well, yeah, because they were saying that the, some of the children, they have meningitis, which is a brain infection. Right. And they gave right. them this diluted penicillin. And then it, it basically sounded horrific. But I just I was just like, huh. It's... I think that it was just, you know, the full strength penicillin. And then they watered it down and watered it down so that it really wasn't effective anymore. So it was basically like they did nothing. But then they made it sound like it exacerbated I guess it was basically they thought that they were giving them medicine. It was really super diluted so that it wasn't doing anything. But they thought they had given them something. So then they didn't proceed to treat anything else. And then yeah. it was just horrible. That's my assumption. All right. Um, so there's music playing wh- during this slideshow montage. Um, at some point the, at headquarters, the Russian asks for Schmidt's passport. So, um, well, wait a second. So they, this Josh Harbin guy, we've heard about him before because we think that he is the third man, right? Yeah, sure. But Calloway says Harbin hasn't been seen since, I guess, like right before a picture was taken. So in the, 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 the picture that he has, like the, you know, when they're doing like, like shows in the wire and stuff, they take the surveillance photo. They have a surveillance photo of Harbin. Right. They're like, he hasn't been seen. And the timeline kind of matches up with when 
Oh, Harry. Oh, oh. sneeze, I promise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> really, I was trying to stop. <laughs> missing no one's heard from him (laughs) that's my understanding as well so holly says hey do you still have that airplane ticket uh he's planning on getting out of dodge after seeing how bad his friend harry lime really was yeah like this is a big blow to holly because up until then holly Holly's been on this crusade to solve his murdered friend. And he knew that he, he didn't have any assumptions about his friend. He knew that his friend was um, not what we would say like an, a hero, like an amazing guy. We knew that his friend had shades of gray, that he dabbled in sort of nefarious sort of things. But he still believed that he was a good guy and that he was just, you know, he was he was on the black market selling things, but he wasn't hurting people. And if he was hurting people, he didn't knowingly do it. But then he, when Calloway tells him all this stuff, he's just like, oh my God, like this guy was my really good friend and he's a horrible person. Right. I'm, I'm leaving. So he's just like, that's it. I'm out. Like, I don't really care. I guess it was justice that Harry got what he deserved. So he goes to a bar because that's what we Americans do. Yeah. And then there's a woman selling these huge mums. Um, and he buys a ton of mums and he goes to Anna Schmidt's room and he's drunk and he came to say goodbye. And she goes, oh, have you seen Calloway? Um, and he told you, didn't he? So it's like she knows, too. So um, then there's this cat. Yeah, a cat. This cat shows up. And he's like, oh, it's his cat. And the cat runs up and he tries to, like, be nice to the cat. And the cat doesn't want... The cat is being a total cat and doesn't... Is like, I don't care who you are, whatever. I can't be bothered. Yeah. And she says, oh, don't mind the cat. The cat only liked Harry. Right. And so they they continue on with the scene with the mums and stuff. And then it's intercut where we see outside the cat walking down the street. And before that, because... I, I'm guessing there was a curfew in effect because the streets yeah, of there Vienna. There's nobody on the street. No one's on the streets of Vienna. And then you see these legs, these trousered legs and shoes walking down the, the street and kind of crossing as if they're going to come to uh, Anna Schmidt's apartment. And it's like they see, they look up and they kind of see, oh, they must see that Holly is there. So I. Anna's got a, a male suitor, I guess. And they stop and they they kind of hide out in this. What is it? It's like a doorway. But the way a that doorway, the, the right. lights are. A recessed doorway. It's a recessed doorway. So it's completely in the dark. 
and you kind of see this cat and this cat walks down the street and then this cat gets to the the feet and the cat starts playing with the shoes and is all being all nice and stuff and you're like wait a second she said that the cat only liked Harry Harry. Mm -hmm. and so it's intercut back and forth between the, the feet of this dude and them up there talking about they can't believe what Harry did. Mm-hmm. So Holly goes, I'm leaving Vienna. And he's doing, there's a lot of mumbling. Um, and he's, because he's co- trying to come on to Anna. Uh, you know, it's just oh, yeah. too raw. It's too early. He's just Harry, smitten. Holly, really. And he's just like, he's drunk. So he thinks it's a good, he thinks he has a chance. And he, he says, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand a chance, would I? And she just cries. So Holly's walking home and he hears the cat meowing and he sees a man in the doorway and he starts yelling at the man. Because he doesn't see the man. He just sees the shoes. So he starts yelling at the man saying, because he thinks that the man is tailing him and is a spy. And he's like, just just yelling in there like, hey, you come out, come out wherever you are. I see you. You're a terrible spy. You're an awful tale. What the hell, man? And, you know, these, it's dark. There's no one on the streets. And I'm thinking, like, he's yelling. Isn't somebody going to open the door and be like, hey, shut the F up? Yeah, where is uh, Anna's landlady? Well. Well, the light comes on. Because the landlady, you know, she's not having any of this. Like, what is this? Stop this noise. So she, the landlady, flings open her windows and the the light comes in and she's just just cursing, just cursing blindly at whoever's making all that noise. And I was like, you tell him making all that noise. And when she does that, the light flashes and we see a face and it's Orson Welles. Orson Welles. And they said it was one of the best um, reveals oh, of a character. Fantastic. Ever. Yeah. And so Harry, based on Holly, based on Holly's reaction to seeing this face, we know. And we saw the cat that likes him. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. We know who it is. It's Harry. It's Harry Lyle. He's supposed to be dead. And Holly, like, starts to cross the street and almost gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And... When he gets across the street, Harry's gone. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, the face Orson Welles gives when the light comes upon him, it's like, you know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) BMF. (laughs) That needed a drink. Okay, so Holly brings Callaway to where he saw Harry Lyme. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're looking everywhere. They don't see him. And then they come to one of those. What are those called? I don't know what it is. But it, it, basically, there's like a cobbled courtyard. There's nothing there. It almost seems like a town square kind of thing. Except there's exactly. like this, this pillar. And, and it, yeah, it's posted like over with like. A big wide pillar that you'd see in Europe. And, and they'd have posters on yeah. them all around. And I always thought that's just what they were for. Was posters. But there's a door. That leads down to the sewer system. So Callaway and the sar- the Irish sergeant guy, they come down here and, you know, 
Martin Holly Martin's still drunk, saying like I saw Harry. It's basically, he's telling this this Irish this British police guy that he saw a dead guy, and they're they're down there. Calloway's just super cool. He's just like, what? Come on. Oh, where did he go? Then he's like, I he got to here. I followed him to here, and then he disappeared. And then something strikes Calloway about that that uh the thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. The big, the big uh-huh. column. And then Calloway says, hmm, it wasn't the German gin. <laughs> I know, I like that. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, we should have dug deeper than the grave. Right. So they, so that, that thing, when you, when you open it up, it's actually stairs down into the sewer system. And Vienna has a very intricate sewage system. Yeah, lots of tunnels and mm-hmm. and yeah. So the next scene is people digging up Harry's grave. Yeah, and they open the coffin. And, and who's inside? Joseph Harbin. Yeah, he disappeared about the same time as Harry died. Mm-hmm. The plot so- gets thicker. So then you see the head Russian guy from headquarters, and he sends four men to go get Anna Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the interna- International Poetsai. Tell her to get dressed, and they take her to headquarters. Mm-hmm. Well, Holly's there because, you know, he's going, hey, I saw Harry Line. And he tells her that Harry is alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Calloway gets to her and tells her that the other body in the grave uh, was Harbin. Yeah. Uh, and and Callaway says, help us and I'll help you. Yeah. I can make this whole problem with your forged passport disappear. And the Ruskies disappear. It's mm-hmm. going to be fine. And she goes, I wish he was dead. Mm-hmm. He'd be safe from all of you. So she doesn't, she's like sticking there or claiming that she doesn't know anything about Harry being alive. And they're they're pretty much convinced at this point that Harry is in the Russian sector. Right. And it's like, help me help you. And she's just like, poor Harry. I wish he was dead. And I think the the head Rusky wants her because she might know something and, and they're like helping Harry out. That's what I think. Oh. But um, I just made that up. So Holly goes to see Baron Kurtz. Mm-hmm. And he says, tell Harry I want to see him. I'll be by the Ferris wheel. So, yeah, so he's he's doing his American thing again because he he is outside on the streets and he yells up to Vinko and Kurtz like, I want I want to see. And they're like, come up. Why don't you come up? And he's like, there is no way in hell that I am going up there. I saw what happened to the porter. Exactly. I'm staying right here on the street. I want you to deliver a message for me. Tell Harry that I want to meet him and I want to meet him. And he looks around and there's a big Ferris wheel in the background. He's like, I want to meet him at the Ferris wheel. You tell him to be at the Ferris wheel. So we see Harry Holly waiting Mm -hmm. and Harry does show up. Harry shows up. He extends a hand. He's like, old fella. And Holly's not having any of it. Uh, yeah, he shows up like he is Mr. Personality. Mm-hmm. He's smiling. He's like, my man. To see his old friend. And um, Holly's going, you know, they're going to hurt Anna. And, and So they get into the Ferris wheel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they, yeah, they have the... to do the roundy round thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And, um, and Harry Lyme doesn't seem to be that worried about Anna. Yeah. He says they won't hurt her. Um, and yeah, he's like, they won't hurt her. And hey, I can't help her. I'm dead. Remember? Because he, so, he said it and he was like, ah, yeah, that was a pretty ingenious, uh, pretty ingenious little scheme I came up with there, wasn't it? He is so full of himself. Oh, yeah. So full of himself. So uh, Holly goes, what? I told the police and Anna. And then he goes, oh, my gosh, you told them about Anna. You're the reason they even went after her papers. Yeah, Holly realizes that the whole reason they went after the papers is because because basically um, the whole time Harry's like old sport. What does he call him? Old fellow? Old man. Old, old man. man. He's like old man, you know, he because Harry thinks that he just saw and he hasn't been in contact with the police and stuff. And that um, he's like, he kind of probably tell that he's probably smitten with Anna. And then Holly says, whoa. Don't get this twisted. I told the cops that you're alive. And so then that kind of like changes uh, old Harry's tune. And then Holly realizes that the only reason that they know about that Anna's passport was fake was because Harry told them because Harry's in the Russian sector. And Harry Uh says, you know, I'm safe because I'm of use to them. And that's when Holly pieces it all together. Like, oh, you're of use to them because you like ratted out your girlfriend. And Harry goes, old man, you never should have gone to the police. Yeah. And um, Holly goes, have you ever seen one of your victims? Because Holly, they had taken Holly to the hospital to see the children. No, they hadn't yet. Oh, they didn't do that yet? No. Okay. Um, so at this Her- point, they're at the apex of the Ferris wheel. Is this when Harry opens the door? Yeah, Harry just squabbly goes over and he just kind of opens the door. Because at this point, Harry, Holly has told Harry that he told the police that he's alive. And <laughs> Holly walks over to the, to the, the edge and, put, and like starts hugging the the railing because he's like oh this this motherfucker just opened the door he's gonna he's push gonna me, out. me out and so he was like i guess i guess there really isn't a lot keeping me keeping you from uh offing me and harry's like no there isn't no one would really miss you and <laughs> holly's like like how could you do it did you even see like what you've done to those people and so harry has like probably one of the most famous lines or like spiels from this movie he says, like, look down. And so it's a point of view. You look down and there's all these people, but they just look like little moving dots. And he says, like, how many of those, if you, if I were to give you $20,000, how many of those living dots would you be okay if they just never moved again? And because from up where they are, they, they're not people. They're just these little moving dots and stuff. That's so always like, you know, if you have, how many people? For each person that you, you're okay with not ever moving again, these dots, I'll give you $20,000. They get a little kind of change your perspective. And Holly's like, who the fuck are you? You're a monster. And he's you like, know what that, that whole dialogue reminded me of? What? In my notes, it says, this reminds me of Walter White. Oh, yeah. It sounded just like Walter White when he's, 
when he's trying to uh, explain why he does the things he does. He does horrible things, but it's always for a good reason. Yeah, but ha- but Harry doesn't have a good reason. Harry's good reason is just greed. So right. when he's saying all that, it just kind of reminded me of the tax scam going on. Of you well, know, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm get I'm getting mines. I'm getting paid. All these they're just little dots. They're not people from up where I am. So screw them. Yeah. Yeah, but the the way he just went on and on, and he was so egotistical. It just sounded so much like uh, Walter White. And so um, Harry Limes says, "I believe in God." And he uh, in the steam on the window, he writes Anna with a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he cares about anybody. So he says, "I'll cut you in, old man. Just let me know." Uh, but the next time I see you, I want to see you and not the police. And he leaves. Right. So they so Harry also knows that they dug up the coffin and they know they found Joseph Harbin. Correct. And at that point, that's when like when they're on the apex, that's when he's like, oh, shit. And that's when he like closes the door. So Holly kind of relaxes and then they, then he like writes the thing in there. And then he's also like, look, I'm, you know, I'm willing to cut you in old fella, old man, you know, you're, you're one of my oldest friends. I can trust you right now. I really can't trust anyone. So, you know, just give me a holla and I'll cut you in, but I only want to see you. I don't want to see any stinking police. And then right before they leave, he kind of, he gives another one of the most famous kind of premises or lines from this movie. He makes this whole thing about, he's like, you know, for 30 years, who is it? The Borgias? Did I say that correctly? Yeah. The Borgias in Italy, there was, they ruled for 30 years. There was just war. It was awful. Wartime, bloodshed, all of this like crazy shit. But at that era, it also produced, uh, you know, the Renaissance. We had Da Vinci and Michelangelo, all these great things that have. All these works of art has been known as the Renaissance came during a rather tumultuous year. And then he was like, on the other hand, you know, you have the Swiss and for 500 years they had brotherly love. And what did they give you? The cuckoo clock. (laughs) But they didn't. But yeah, actually, I mean, truth be told, the cuckoo clock is German and it is native of the black forest in germany so schwarzwald right so stuck up harry lime was wrong about that wrong next scene we're at headquarters with callaway and he's trying to figure out how to catch harry lime the russians have identified the girl we want her she doesn't belong here callaway is kind of like let's like just leave her alone she's been through enough and the russians are going no we want her yeah and so then Callaway kind of, he does the calculations in his mind and he's like, hmm, maybe, like at what price? How much do you want Harry Lime? Do you want her enough that you could cut Anna a deal? Because uh-huh. Holly keeps looking and he sees the passport laying there and he goes, yeah, I, I think I can save, at least I can save Anna in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So we cut to the train station. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly sees 
I wrote Harry sees Anna on the train. No. But wasn't it Holly? Well, Anna gets on the train. She's with the Irish sergeant guy. And she's just like, I don't understand why Calloway had such a change of heart. And the Irish sergeant guy is like, you know, in the train compartment, putting her luggage and stuff up. And he's like, hey, you know, like sometimes it happens. And so then she, the train is kind of, you know, everybody's kind of getting on the train. And then she looks and she sees Holly and she gets off the train and she goes into where Holly's sitting. And she's like, what are you doing? And Holly's like, I came to see you off. I wanted to see you go. And she's, I think she wonders if he's going to go as well. Yeah. And he goes, no, I just wanted to make sure you got there. And she goes, you've been talking to Callaway again. Mm -hmm. So she kind of figures it. She figures out like, oh, I'm, you're going to work for Callaway. And that's why I was allowed to leave. Right. And she doesn't want to be put in that position. She doesn't want it to be her freedom cost Harry getting caught. Because she's like, poor Harry. But then Holly's like, hey, look. Harry didn't lift a finger to help you. And then, but she's like, yeah, I know. And it's not like I want to get back to him, but I just can never, I can never hurt him. I can never bring him harm. I don't want to see him or hear him, but he's a part of me. Right. And the train leaves and she's not on it. Mm -hmm. And she tears up her ticket because she's not willing to sell her services for, um, for Harry getting caught. Right. Okay. So back at headquarters, Harry's saying, uh, Holly's saying, I want to get on that plane tonight. And so they're driving him to the airport. Yeah, so we Holly, one stop. Holly is like, okay, I tried like this guy that I've known for 20 years is a total asshole and is just like killing people. This woman that I'm smitten with, I tried to save her and she basically tore up the ticket. He's like, you know, I'm done. I'm done with this Vienna bullshit. He goes to Callaway, like, fire up the the jet plane, drive me there. I want to get out of this. I am done with this place. And so Callaway's like, old chap, no problem. Let's just, let me, let me get the car. And so then they're driving. He's like, oh, do you mind? I have an appointment. Can we just stop? It's going to be five minutes. So he drives him and guess where his appointment is? It's the children's part of the hospital where the penicillin racket has taken its toll. Right. He's like, oh, I was just here. It, this is the largest children's hospital in Vienna. Um, take a gander at what your friend hath wrought. And so oh. you never see anything. You just see the, the cribs and stuff. And at one point, Callaway, like Holly just stops and he's looking down at a crib. You don't see anything. And Calloway comes over and he says, it had meningitis and we gave it and we gave like the medicine. He doesn't even refer like it isn't he or she at this point. It's an it. So, you know, and Holly goes, all right, Callahan, you win. I'll be your dumb decoy duck. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, of course, you know, you show an American a sick kid, a mutilated kid by evil, and it's just like, where's the war? We're going to fight this shit. Except for kids who have been gunned down in their own school. That doesn't we count. Don't, we don't do anything about gun laws, no. but okay, we're going to take count. care of this. Nor, nor does it count with kids of color. 
So well, that, that doesn't true. count. These are these are nice white Austrian children, and so there's outrage. <sighs> yeah, there there may okay. be a few gypsies in there, I, or I don't know what is it, no. Romani? No. Oh my gosh, I I said the G word. Yeah, I not apologize. many were left though. Yeah. So so. Pretty much the Aryans that were left. But but they were bad off. I mean, if you're ever referred to as it in a yeah, crib. that's true. That's uh, it in a crib. <laughs> things aren't looking not good for funny, you. Not funny. I'm not laughing. Okay. So next scene, Holly is sitting in a cafe, you know, with the word Oh, bait. but wait, wait, wait. So Calloway, Calloway is a smooth criminal. So he hasn't even, they're in the car. He didn't, Holly didn't agree to this. Like when they were in the hospital, they're in the car. He's driving them to the airport and Callaway is in the backseat. And he's like, you know, you know, uh, I the sergeant here, he he lent me one of your books. I read it. I really loved it. And at that point, Holly's like, look, you can cut the act. I'm going to do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to butter me up anymore. Right. Because I know you didn't read the book and you wouldn't have liked it if you had. Yeah. You know who wrote Oliver. Okay, so he's sitting in the cafe, and there are soldiers hidden hidden everywhere. And you see a shadow. And you see a man walking with balloons. Now, I was sure it was Harry Lyme in disguise. I was, too. Doing Until the old we did a close-up, and I went, no makeup is that good. Yeah. I don't think Rick Baker was around then. So uh, Anna comes into the cafe. And the man with balloons goes to Callaway and finally the sergeant buys one because he won't stop. He won't walk away and they're supposed to be hidden. So um, Harry Lime arrives at the cafe through the the back door. Yeah, back door. And he overhears Anna like really laying into Holly saying, I can't believe that you're going to betray him and you got you're you're working for the police and stuff. And. And then, like, they turn around and Anna sees Harry and is like, Harry, run, there's police outside. She, uh, she tells Holly that Kurtz has been arrested. And she says, what's your price this time? You must be very proud to be a police informer. Mm-hmm. And... um so Harry runs down into the sewer system. Now, all before this, there the entire score of this movie is on a what is it called? A zither, zither, zither. It's a zither with it's a, a string instrument, but it's more way more strings than a guitar, but smaller than a harp, and it's playing the. That's what the music is entirely, and. Yeah. It's because they were they wanted it to be Viennese, but they didn't want it to be Viennese waltzes. So they they the director saw this guy and was like, "Hey, I like that, so play it." To me, though, it made every it sounded very light. Like I liked the music because it was different, but it did re- it reminded me of like Woody Allen movies. Uh, the zither music irritated me. It was like, like it just seemed, yeah. it didn't really seem to match. And I wondered if that was just because I've heard it elsewhere and it's always been like for light comedies. So I associate this music with light comedies and I'm like, this isn't a light comedy. Like this isn't a Woody Allen film. Yeah, I just know that that it, it too much zither is too much zither. It's a lot of zither. 
But there was too much. Roger that. Ebert was all about it and said that that the music perfectly captured what was going on. So hmm. far be it from me to 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 have a We're dispute with that. There. But what happens next is a chase scene, and during this entire chase scene, there's no music. Yeah. You just hear the footsteps on the cobblestones. You hear the, oh, I, I wrote it down. Um, there are tunnels. There are steps. There are torches. There are flashlights. There's water. There's German being spoken. There are faces. There are footsteps. There are whistles. I, it, it's just... It's just a chase scene that's very intense. Because mm-hmm. they're, de- they're all underneath. It's happening in the Viennese sewer system, which is very intricate. I read that, that they had their own police unit because it was so intricate that criminals would hide out there often. And so a lot of the, the extras in this scene are off-duty um, members of this secret police squad. Not secret police right. squad, but special police squad. That, that just do the sewer systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we hear, uh, we, uh, Harry Lyme is going over railings. He's going through water. Then there are echoes coming from all the different tunnels, and you don't know where people are coming from. And then uh, Holly sees Harry. Uh, Harry pulls out his gun. He shoots. He hits the sergeant. Yeah, the Irish sergeant. Then we see who everybody liked. Everybody liked mm-hmm. the Irish sergeant. Harry is hit and he's crawling up the steps to. Um, yeah, Calloway just like fired off a shot from the hip and it it injured Harry. We have no idea where. Yeah. Um, Holly takes the sergeant's gun because the sergeant because so then Calloway is with his sergeant because that's his BFF. And he's like, oh, what's going Are you okay? And Cal- and Holly takes the, the sergeant's gun and goes on to pursue Harry. So at one point, Harry's fingers come up through the street grate. Mm-hmm. And it's a really disturbing picture of his fingers through the grate. Then there's a face-off between Harry and Holly. At which point, Harry nods. And then you hear gunshots. Right. Next scene, it's a real funeral for Harry Lyme. Mm. Didn't make Callow- it. there. Schmidt's there. Um, yeah, and, of course, there. Holly's there. Can't you do something about Anna? And um, so Callaway is driving the car that Holly is in, and they pass her on the road. Yeah, she's and they're just taking walking. Holly to the airport to finally get out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And Harry goes to Callaway, let me out. I, I can't, let me out. So he lets he lets him out, and uh, Callaway says, "Be sensible." And Holly goes, "I haven't got a sensible name, so I can't be sensible." So he gets out, and he's standing there waiting because they've driven past her. And she's, you see her walking toward him. Oh, it's a picturesque shot. You just imagine you have your, your vanishing point is right smack center in the, in the, the center of the frame. And she's walking and it's a road and it's tree lined and she's just walking and he's off onto the left hand side posted up on a cart. And it's just a continuous shot for the next minute of her walking 
and him just posted up, you know, his like cigarette and stuff, waiting for her to get to him. And she walks, 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 walks. And as she approaches, she doesn't even look at Holly. She just continues walking, doesn't even stop a stride, nothing. It's like he wasn't even there and just walks out of frame. And he just gets another cigarette. End picture. And leaves are falling. Yep. The end. The third man. The third man. Ah, so good. That's a good movie. So much intrigue. The camera angles, the black and white, the uh, unspoken things. You you know, like you're um, you're an intelligent moviegoer. You, you don't have to have everything spilled out for you. And this movie goes at quite the clip. I mean, at this point, I think the podcast is longer than the film actually is. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry, people. Uh, the film was how long? Um, It was like 104 minutes. So I guess oh, okay. it, may, like, it was less than two hours. So we're not quite there yet. Okay. Um, Martin Scorsese wrote a major thesis on this movie in film school. And he got a B plus because his uh, instructor said it was just a thriller. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they wanted James Stewart to be Holly. Whoa, 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 whoa. And, uh, whoa, whoa. And now, you can my see friend, him, my friend Harry, he, he got killed. You can see him doing that. But you know what? Uh, I, I think it needed more subtlety. Yeah. Joseph Cotton did great. Um, but um, David O. Selznick had co- uh, Joseph Cotton under contract, so he went with him. Mm. Um, a lot of locals were in it. The balloon man was actually a local Viennese person. They said Carol Reed and David O. Selznick at the time of this were addicted to Dexedrine. Oh, is that ber- Benzerine? It's an amphetamine, uh, right? Basically Adderall. It, it's basically speed. Yeah, because they had four different camera units working around the clock. And they said that he was just fueled by Benzedrine. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, Graham Greene wanted a happy ending. Yes. Graham Greene wanted uh, Anna to go to him. But... Um, that I'm glad they didn't because yeah. it's so much more David realistic. David Oselznick was like, no, I don't think so. And then in later years, Graham Greene was like, well, he was proven correct. Yeah. Uh, David Oselznick wanted Robert Mitchum to play Holly, but uh, Robert Mitchum had just been arrested for marijuana possession. Ooh. Now, this was something that I found fascinating. Remember back when I said Orson Welles a pistol, his dialogue sounded so much like Walter White. Yeah. Vince Gilli- Gilligan of Breaking Bad, correct creator and executive producer. This is his favorite film. Oh, that does make sense. Isn't that weird, though, that I had made that connection? Yeah. Um, they tried to do a remake in 1999 really? with Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor in it. Oh, huh. But it never got any legs. And they also wanted, uh, looked for Cary Grant to be Harry Lyme. Mm, 
I yeah, yeah. I, no, it was Orson Welles was perfect. Cary Grant is too likable. Yeah, Orson Welles has that. There's just something in his face where it's just like, like he knows that he's the shit. Smug. Yeah, just that smugness. And that smugness, he was awful on this film. Evidently, he didn't want to. He didn't want to film down in the sewers. He was sure that he would get some kind of uh, a sickness down in the sewers. So <laughs> that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Most of, yeah, you would have too. Most of the, um, anytime that there was a, a person in shadow or long distance, it wasn't him. He was only in the the ones where you actually saw his face. And the shots where you actually saw his face. And he had already made Citizen Kane. So his head had to be pretty big. And And they said his dialogue, you know, when he went off about the dots and all that, that that was from him. He wanted a writing, not a writing. Like a what credit? Do you call it? A writing credit. credit? But he, uh, that he had done that part, but that was all. So they didn't give him a writing credit. Yeah. Well, also like the, um, the, the crew would spray the streets down with water to make them give that reflective light thing. Mm-hmm. And the, in the black and white. Mm. And the fingers coming through the, the grate, those were the, the director's fingers. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, going back to like the narration, there is, I guess in the British version, there's a much longer narration where it kind of spells out that Holly is an alcoholic. Oh, but I think okay. we kind of like piece that together in the film because he, he's drunk in a lot of it. Right. Right. And, and then again, it's like letting the um, the theater goer have some intelligence in it. You don't have to spell everything out. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd never heard of this film, didn't know it existed, and it was really cool. I had just heard good things about it, but I didn't know anything else about it. Just that it was pre it was like a lot of people really liked it. As did we. Mm-hmm. Well, the month of December is here. It is upon us. And we promised our listeners that we would do some Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's my choice next week, and we're going to do my very favorite Christmas movie ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought you're—I thought that you had another favorite Christmas movie. I like it, but not as much as this one. Interesting. My very favorite Christmas music ever. Movie. <laughs> what did I say? Music. Did I? Yep. <laughs> Is. A Christmas, a Christmas story. story. 1983. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a young movie for us. It's not an old classic. My other favorite is a, a classic, and we'll have to do it at some point. But, yeah, I love A Christmas Story. How many favorite Christmas movies do you have? Uh, two all-time favorites. Okay. A Christmas Story and... And White Christmas. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa. I've been sold a bill of goods. 
Which one did you think? I thought Bad Santa was your all-time favorite I, Christmas movie. I love Bad Santa, but it's not a favorite. Oh, you make us watch it every year. Uh, it's usually up between A Christmas Story and Bad Santa, because I will have already watched White Christmas while I'm cooking. Ah, yes. Okay. Because you set that up for me so I can do that. Mm -hmm. I watch A White Christmas while I'm wrapping presents. Yeah, it gets you in the mood. It's a musical, people. It's got songs. But uh, Christmas Story does not. And that's what we're doing. Uh, and, and, and I'll go into detail about why it's my favorite when we actually do it. All a right. Christmas Story. I'm sure all of you have seen it. All 11 of you have seen it. And um, so you'll, you'll enjoy our narrative. Mm -hmm. All right. So there you have it. You've been gone with the bushes. Gone with the bushes to Vienna. Uh, I, I highly suggest watching The Third Man. Yes, very good. It was, we rented it from iTunes. We did. Worth every one of the three ninety nine dollars it, it costs. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for um, listening this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.